0: smoking etiquette
1: itch manners
0: I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy.
1: And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For
0: ordinary occasions, hello, my dove. Hello, dear. Hello. How are you? Oh man. We got that. Season change, sinus drainage. Season change, sinus drainage.
1: Isn't it so weird? Like, I know it's coming. And like, it just it just keeps happening. Yes. <laughs>
0: that is the way with crime, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it does. It keeps on rolling I know
0: it's coming there's nothing I can do to stop it
1: So I mean and it, yet
0: I'm surprised by it every time
1: It affects everything it affects my sleep it affects the you know how I feel during the day it affects my my breathing cuz I have asthma in fact I mean it's just it's all over the place
0: This is absolutely true You know what else affects your breathing
1: What Smoking Yeah
0: So we're talking about smoking etiquette and here's the thing folks I was thinking about this a lot There is a lot out there uh, about smoking. And, you know, Teresa and I are are around about the same age. You know, I'm 37. She's about 35 and a half. And... Uh,
1: that half is very important. Yeah, man, seems. at
0: a certain age, I don't know why I'm <laughs> counting that. I guess I'm just so used to talking to BB about age. But we have seen in in the last three decades this, like, shift very much in the public perception of smoking, right? Where it used to be, I remember... Like going to restaurants and getting asked, like, "Do you want to sit in the smoking section or non-smoking section?" Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think, I don't ever remember riding on an airplane when there was smoking allowed, but it wasn't that long ago, right? right. Smoking was just, and and it used to be a lot more prevalent, and now. Uh, there have been a lot more studies, people are thinking a lot more well, about... In our
1: corner of the world, it, right, was. Right, it used right. to be a lot more prevalent than it is now. And so when Teresa
0: pitched this subject matter for the episode, I had this kind of like clinch in my guts of like, ooh, I don't know, is it problematic? To talk? But here's the thing, then I thought about the fact we have done multiple episodes about alcohol, yeah, about cocktails and, and history and stuff like that. And you know i i think it would be hypocritical of us to one pretend like smoking etiquette has not had a huge impact on uh you know culture mm-hmm. throughout history and two to pretend like oh we don't talk about things on this show that could damage your health right um and i think that if a lot of the ways i feel about smoking now and I let me also preface this by saying I'll be honest. When I was in college and getting my theater degree, I smoked. I mm-hmm. smoked cigarettes. It was a, a thing that all the cool theater kids did. Uh, we also will probably touch on like cannabis in this episode. Yep. Uh, I have I have smoked cannabis uh, in the past. I am not ashamed to say it, because I'll probably never run for president. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, is I think that as with a lot of things we talk about on Schminners. Personal choice uh, is, you know, just that it's personal. Exactly. Right? And a lot of the things that we have seen shift in smoking behaviors and smoking etiquette in the last, say, 30 years is about uh, forcing others in your vicinity to deal with the ramifications of your personal choice.
1: Exactly. And we're not here to talk about uh, risk, risk assessment. Right for that sort of thing. We're talking about how your behavior impacts others and how you can, you know, be a good uh, a good smoker.
0: Right. And I think like that that same thing you could apply to things like uh, you know, talking about body odor or sure. using too much perfume.
1: Absolutely. Uh
0: your eating habits, all of these things, right? Of just like the way your own personal choices are yours, This is about uh, how we expose other people to our personal choices. And the fact of the matter is, I know for a fact, culturally, historically, smoking has had a huge impact. And one of the things I wanted to talk about, just right off the top, because I was also thinking about this, is when we talk about smoking, one of the things that always gets talked about is, is it cool or not, right? Because... This is the thing that we've seen shift in pop culture mm-hmm. in like the last two decades, especially where it used to be like everybody, one, everybody in movie smoked, watch any movie from the 80s, mm-hmm. everybody smoking. And two, it used to be that the heroes smoked, right? And now if you see someone smoking in a movie made in like the last 15 years. If somebody is even smoking in the movie. It's
1: the baddie. It's the
0: baddie, right? And what's so interesting to me about that is it's like a lot of things we see in pop culture where – There, I think there are two kinds of cool, right? There's something that is inherently cool, and this is going to sound like I'm making a joke, but an eagle doing something (laughs) awesome, like (laughs) swooping into water and picking up a fish, inherently cool, right? We all know, you, even if you've never seen it before, no one ever had to say to you like, hey, look how cool that eagle is, (laughs) right? You see it and you're like, that was pretty cool, right? Or a baseball player making an amazing catch. Even if you know nothing about baseball, you're like, whoa, that was cool. And then there's stuff that we have been taught is cool, Via pop culture, mm-hmm. right? You know, like, take for example, um, th- the scene in a movie where somebody like shoots a gun and like knocks a can off of a fence. I don't think it's that inherently cool, but the way that they shoot it in movies, you're like, nice. (laughs) And so I think for a while, the reason smoking was considered as cool as it was is people shot it that way. People would be like, look at this cool dude in the door frame, well lit, oh, he just walked in, what a suave detective, having a cigarette, Mm. right? I don't think there's actually anything inherently cool about smoking a cigarette. I mean, I guess you're inhaling like smoke and fire, I guess that's cool. There's better ways to do it, though, like with the you know, the people who blow fire, way cooler. Way cooler. Fire out, cooler than fire <laughs> in. <laughs> All right. Okay.
1: So, uh, as we do, let's do a little bit of history first.
0: Yes, please.
1: Okay. Um,
0: <clears throat> I know for a fact tobacco goes way back. Oh, I know it goes way back.
1: Oh, way back. Um, we can date it as early as 5000 BCE.
0: I mean, there you go. Right? I think we only, like, have existed since 10,000. The the universe has only existed since 10,000 B.C. No? So,
1: here's the thing, right? We found evidence of pipes and other smoking paraphernalia, um, which was used in shamanistic rituals in the early Americas. Um, Also, Europeans showed up and, you know, dabbled in those sorts of things more recreationally than, like, religiously we've
0: touched on that before too with like chocolate right where chocolate was a very uh not necessarily sacred but it was used as a very special like celebratory thing for ceremonies and then europeans showed up and said this is great i'm going to drink it when i'm cold right Right. okay
1: um and that's just like tobacco smoking if we're going to talk about cannabis smoking it also goes back that far um but it wasn't smoked like tobacco is smoked until about the sixteenth century. Yeah, um, I have
0: to. I, I once again, recreationally, you know. Here's the thing. I think about. Well, time.
1: but the, here's the deal, right? So, in when e- cannabis and tobacco was smoked as part of a ritual, it was usually vaporized on hot rocks or on charcoal and burned as incense.
0: Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. I was going to make a comparison between uh cannabis and and cigarettes like like I don't know, uh moonshine and beer of just like uh, similar categories but one is far more extreme. I got I don't know. I honest to god now that I'm saying it in retrospect, have no idea where I was yeah, going with that. I don't know that. either. It's not Hey, you know what? Everybody, I'm not going to edit it out, but you edited it out of your brains and pretend like I didn't say anything. Go on.
1: Um so then After the 16th century, the consumption and cultivation and trading of tobacco, this is when it really, like, boomed, right? Um, As time went on, the farming equipment and manufacturing became more and more modernized, and so cigarettes became widely available. Um, And mass production quickly expanded uh, and became common throughout at least the United States until about the 1960s. Mm. Um, And it went you were talking about pop culture. It went in and out. There were there were certain times where if you were part of the in crowd, you smoked and then it would like swing back to if you were the rebel, you smoked
0: just like tanning.
1: Uh, tanning is- and facial hair and you know a lot of the things that we we do as societies they cycle through this the cool people do it <clears throat> excuse me drainage <clears throat> the cool people do it and now We set ourselves apart by saying, no, we're cool and we don't do it. So then the rebels do it. And like it just goes, it swings back and forth like that.
0: Culture and counterculture swap places every like 20 years or so.
1: Um, We also can't talk about smoking if we don't talk about um, opium as well. Sure. Um, In the 19th century, England, British trade brought it back from China, more of like kind of, uh, you know, more of a colonization tactic again. Yep. Um, and it spawned the opium dens that we hear and see in like books and movies. Um, and it was like just kind of like the, the moody British people, like with their opium pipes,
0: with and, your opium pipes and your dens and what and your hula hoops.
1: Um, they continue to exist throughout the world, but it like the trend fell way down after the first world war okay um so let's get let's get a little bit more uh, granular granular yeah. that's a it's great one idea. of my favorite Ooh, words mm, granular i
0: love that word granular oh, even if you didn't know what it means you know what it means oh let's get
1: granular Ooh, <laughs> like a grain you say okay so um, as far as religious purposes go, um, tobacco and cannabis and other drugs and plants, herbs, things like that were used all over the ancient Americas, uh, particularly in the Andes. Um, lots of ancient civilizations did this sort of thing the babylonians the chinese incense or smoke as part of their rituals and it even goes as far you know to today the catholics the incense of that that the catholics burn they're br- they're burning cannabis in there incense
0: but not cannabis no okay
1: and orthodox christian churches um but those aren't for direct inhalation they're more kind of like for atmosphere sure but, I mean, it's smoke, right? It is smoke. It's
0: smoke. Like, they're inhaling smoke for religious purposes. So, I mean, if you if you remove any kind of, like, cultural stigma, right, from tobacco or cannabis and say tobacco, cannabis, incense, you're inhaling smoke for purposes, for religious. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I, uh-huh. I'm picking it up now. That,
1: that's it. Um, so, then... Uh, talking about opium and cannabis. The resin has been found in incense pots of this time period, um, also for religious and medical reasons. Mm -hmm. So we start getting into the medical uh, part of um, so like the Assyrians, they employed cannabis as a cure for poison of the limbs, which is probably arthritis. And that's actually something that is being explored today again. Um. So, after we go through the different kind of ritual and um, uh, religious ideal ideas using the smoke, uh, uh-huh. connected to various gods, deities, things like that. Because
0: I have to imagine, just from what I know about like the way that they would do uh, like prophecies and stuff, especially in like ancient Greece and ancient Rome and stuff like that. But there had to been like once they knew that cannabis had some kind of like religious properties that they would use i imagine that there was a connection between like prophecy makers and as you say like opium and cannabis and anything that would elicit some kind of quote unquote high mm-hmm. right i imagine that was part
1: of it Um, It was used as part of Ayurvedic medicine, Mm -hmm. um, continues to be used that way, but not, again, not really as smoking, but burned in an open vessel type deal. Um, But here's what happens, right? Uh, Europeans arrived in the Americas in the late 15th century, and tobacco smoking as a recreational activity took off. So um, it is said that a Frenchman named... Jean Nicote. <gasps> yes. Like nicotine. Like nicotine. <gasps> I was waiting for you. Uh, introduced tobacco to France. From there it spread to France. Tobacco. Uh,
0: to, tobacco, to, tobacco. France. <laughs>
1: France. <laughs> it spread to England, um, where the first like report of a Brit smoking was a sailor in Bristol in. 1556 who was seen quote emitting smoke from his nostrils <laughs> that's a great way
0: to phrase it, emitting smoke not blowing smoke emitting smoke
1: mm-hmm, from his nostrils and so like then some
0: sort of dragon
1: <clears throat> the brits do what they you know they do and started doing it
0: they made it a fad
1: they made it a thing
0: a long fad i guess
1: Um, Well, it started out as medicine, probably. Medicinal purposes. There's the idea of the four humors.
0: But don't you always think that when someone says, like, it started off as medicine, and and I, I say this, you know, take this with a grain of salt, because this is a lot of the way that cannabis has been legalized here in the U.S., but it's a lot of like, yeah, it's for medicine, just as a way to make it more culturally acceptable to do something that you enjoy doing. Right. Cause it's it, this, we did the same thing with, uh, you know, laudanum, which mm-hmm. is basically, I believe, what, opium? Yeah. <laughs> and tobacco and cannabis and alcohol and all of this stuff was like, it's for. Medicine, and it's like,
1: man, just—I mean, we were talking about chocolate this way. Just do, like, do it. (laughs) I'm not gonna say
0: like everybody should smoke, but like, be honest about why you're doing it. Anyway, that's not. Hey, let me be clear. That's not to say that things like cannabis can't have medicinal properties. I am saying that most of the time when we talk about legalizing something, we're talking about it from a standpoint of it being more culturally acceptable to come at it from the direction of medicine, not that it doesn't also have medicinal properties.
1: (laughs) Then the direction of fun. Yeah, right. For some (laughs) reason,
0: saying like, well, I want to do it because I think it would be fun. But like, "Well, no, it's illegal then. Like, well, what if it's medicine? Like, okay, fine.
1: Um, according to the the system of the humors, um, tobacco was thought to be helpful in heating and drying out what it needed to be heated and dried in that your body. Because I mean, of,
0: it doesn't make sense, but it makes a certain sort of sense.
1: Well, if things are cold and wet, yep. then you put something that's hot and dry yep. and you fix it.
0: I mean, like I said... It makes some sort of sense. <laughs>
1: and if you are not familiar with the four humors system of medicine, please do check out Sawbones. Sydney is really great at explaining it. Yes. So King James I. Wait, the guy who wrote the the Bible the
0: not nah, he didn't write the Bible, but the guy who adapted the King James Version, King James. Yeah. Okay. And I'm gonna bet just he didn't like Tobacco.
1: No, he didn't. Okay. <laughs> he wrote a scathing piece about it being a menace to society. Uh, the 16th century, um, it wasn't just popular in uh, in Europe. It was also popular in China and the Middle East. Um, based on the Chinese system, the Persians invented a water pipe. Like a bong? Like a hookah.
0: Okay. I mean, I think we were both, right?
1: I mean... Yeah, but... You weren't talking about... I wasn't talking about a bong. I was talking about a hookah. Sure. Okay. Um. So, um...
0: When I hear water pipe, I think bong. Maybe that's just my...
1: The hookah offered several tubes to accommodate mul- multiple smokers. Very so social. it became a social engaging thing.
0: That, I mean, still to this day, there are whole bars dedicated to... Hey, if you're looking for a thing you definitely shouldn't do during the COVID nineteen pandemic, let me suggest hookah bars. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. No, there's no excuse for going to a hookah bar during a pandemic.
1: Exactly. Um.
0: Hey, I want to hear some more about this. I love, I love history. You know that.
1: I know that. If
0: I could marry the concept of history, I would. But first, how about a thank you note for our sponsors? When was the last time you thought about socks? I mean, maybe it was the last time you put on socks, or maybe you just did that mindlessly. You just put them on and you didn't really think about it. But think about how much better it is to put on a pair of comfortable socks rather than just some old, you know, worn out pair. Now imagine you're giving the gift of those fresh, comfortable socks to someone that you love. That could be a reality with Bombas. And not only are you giving the gift of socks to someone you love, you'll also be giving a pair to someone who needs them. Because for every pair you buy, you'll be donating a specially designed pair to someone in need. That's what Bombas does For every pair they sell, they donate to someone experiencing homelessness across the U.S. And they have spent years perfecting every detail of their socks, like eliminating toe seams, making sure their socks never slip, and creating a special midfoot support system. I love Bombas so much, and not just socks. Bombas also makes great pants, great shirts, lots of stuff. To the point where I would buy them even if they weren't supporting the show. That's right, folks. I love Bombas. Uh, I would say at this point, about 75% of my socks stock, yes, yes, is Bombas. And you could make the switch too. And not only that, once again, you'll be giving to someone in need. From comfort to kindness and everything in between, Bombas aren't just givable they were made to give. So go to bombus.com/manners today and get 20% off any purchase during their big holiday sale November 18th through December 2nd. That's bombus b o m b a s.com/manners for 20% off bombuscom Schmanners. So for As long as I can remember, which basically is like 13, when I was 13 on, I have had issues with acne. And here I am, a 37 year old adult, and it still is something that bothers me. And that's why I was really excited to start using Curology, because whether you're trying to take control of acne, or if you're focusing on fine lines, dark spots, occasional breakouts, or clogged pores, Curology will customize a prescription formula with three active ingredients picked for you to tackle your skincare needs. You start by answering questions online about your skin and sending in a couple selfies to Curology. A licensed dermatology provider will get to know your skin. And if it's a good fit, you'll get a customized prescription cream to address your skin concerns. I've been using Curology now for, you know, a couple months, and I've really noticed a difference, and I'm less worried about breakouts than I used to be. So take control of your acne, dark spots, breakouts, or whatever your unique concerns may be with a powerful skin treatment made for you today. Go to Curology.com slash Schmanners for a free 30-day trial. Just pay for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash Schmanners to unlock your free 30-day trial. See Curology.com for all the details.
1: I I can remember as, as a child thinking it was odd that here was this can
0: full of meat. I'm Jesse Thorne. This week on my show Bullseye, david letterman on shame regret and canned hams
1: is this the best delivery version of of pork that's this week on bullseye for MaximumFun.org and npr congratulations you've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers Wow, well this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts But really it's an ad for our podcast, wonderful It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun Where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into I'm Rachel McElroy and you just heard Griffin McElroy And we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books Things like sneezing or the idea of rain (laughs) Can you get news or information you can use? Absolutely so.
0: you cannot Because we're here to talk to you about pumpernickel bread
1: You can find new episodes on Wednesdays So catch,
0: catch the wave Okay, give me some more of the mad facts
1: Well, it's really the final piece of the puzzle, right? And A lot of what we talked about at the beginning And the swinging of the pendulum through time uh, Once heralded as a miracle drug um, Even in like the 1800s late 1790s, people started to see it negatively impact health.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Listen, it does negatively impact health. There's no way around that. The fact is smoking is bad for you. There are many fun things in this world that are bad for you. And I think that the problem is, is that the thing that we're dealing with, and I think the reason that there has needed to be this hard push for education for the last, you know, couple decades is that that aspect was so underplayed for so long because there was money in selling cigarettes and the younger you could get people to start smoking, the more cigarettes you could sell to them over time. And I will uh now say that as we've talked about this, I've lost at least two grandparents. i mean two people in my family my grandmother and my grandfather on my mom's side both died of lung cancer
1: right uh, which doctors didn't start to see until really after the first world war when smoking became a lot more uh, recreational and also uh, you know there were factories manufacturing low-cost cigarettes so they were very easy to get and um that that's when they really started to launch formal investigations in between the link of smoking and cancer.
0: Right. It's bad for you, right? And, and, you know, the thing is, is I think that the only reason I mention it is to also acknowledge the hypocrisy of the people who are perfectly fine, you know, drinking alcohol and then telling people that they are dumb for smoking. Right. You know, it's all about uh, knowing, having the, the conscious choice well, having all the information, uh I, I mean, I will say that I quit after college, you know. I have two kids now and I want to live as long as I can. And I've
1: And I have asthma, so it's always been a thing for me where I need to, for my personal health, stay away from smoke and secondhand smoke. And uh I um I was never I was never harsh with you about it, was I? Yeah. Um, I just, I couldn't take the smell. So if he was out smoking, he had to come like wash his face and wash his hands and change his shirt. And I, you know, that's but what that we had that was do. a long
0: time ago. Okay.
1: And now
0: I do unhealthy things like eat a whole bag of potato chips in one second because <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. That kind of thing.
1: So let's do some etiquette. Okay. Um. So please, for smokers, Please be sure to smoke in only designated areas, especially if the designated area is indoors. Uh,
0: and I will also now extend that also includes vaping. Yes. That is, uh, we had a question uh, from uh, i Ina, Inanib, at Inanib, sure. How do I rip huge clouds with my vape rig politely? I think treat it. Like you would uh, any kind of of cloud that you could expel from your lungs. What a weird way! Treat it like smoking, right? Yes. Designated areas. Uh, take it outside. All of those things. Be
1: mindful of where you blow your smoke. Never blow in somebody's face. Um, it's also etiquette forward to ask people you're with, "Do you mind if I smoke?" Yes. Um, most will just say it's fine, sure, or go outside, or not in here, or you know, like. It's not a judgment thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you care that I'm smoking in my life? No. No. That's not
0: it. But it, can I smoke in here, right? And I think that right. that's true of a lot of things. Is it okay if I drink in here? I would prefer if you didn't drink while my kids are in the room, right? Exactly. Like, I think that that is a thing, uh, and I think it goes both ways, too. We had a question from at Ben Andromeda. How, I, how do I politely ask someone not to smoke around me or ask them not to smoke in my car? I think that that is... Uh, a perfectly reasonable thing let me put it this way if you were standing in a smoking area mm-hmm. by choice and you told people not to smoke around you i think then it is your uh responsibility to move to a mm-hmm. non-smoking area if you are in an area where there is not supposed to be smoking or it is your area like your house your backyard your car i think that the best way to say it is to be direct and say oh uh this uh you know i would prefer if you did not smoke in my car or uh, this is a non-smoking car. If you, uh, you know, would like to smoke, please wait until we reach the destination. Especially, I would say, if you're like a Lyft driver, Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're a rideshare driver. For sure. um, You know, tell the person uh, that this is, and I will take that one step further because we also had uh, a question. uh, If, let's see. um, Well, now I didn't put it in here. But uh, if you're a Lyft driver and you especially not only don't want people smoking in your car, but you would prefer them not bring the smell of smoke in your car, I think that that is something that you can say when you know when you're uh, make the connection to pick them up. You could message them if it is important to you and say like, "Please finish smoking before I arrive. Uh, I would prefer that my car not smell like
1: uh, like smoke." Okay. <clears throat> um. If you are smoking cigarettes and you need to ash your cigarettes, please be careful about where you do that. Um, And, you know, always an ashtray is preferable. But if you can't do that, you know, don't just ash everywhere over people's carpets or or like all over their porches or whatever. You know, find a discreet place to take care of that and make sure that before you throw out a cigarette, that it is completely out. um, And, you know, don't litter.
0: Uh, we also had a question. This is from Twerk Dad. Uh, can I smoke my tobacco pipe in a car or on breaks at work? I don't like cigarettes, but I do like my pipe. Uh, so the thing is, a pipe is... Uh, that's a long it? Game, takes a long it? time. So let me answer the second part first. If you're going to smoke it on breaks at work, you need to keep it to 10 minutes the same time you would get for a cigarette break. Uh, as far as smoking in a car... Uh, I say treat it like, you know, cigarettes or anything else where you would ask, uh, do you mind if I smoke my pipe in your car? The thing is, is, at least as far as I have seen, pipe smoke tends to be much thicker Mm -hmm. uh, because pipe tobacco usually has some kind of – it's a little – for lack of a better word, juicier. Right. <laughs> so you tend to get kind of a uh, thicker smoke. And so like it can it can one really linger as far as the smell goes. And also sometimes discolor fabric and like yeah. so, so
1: my grandpa, he smoked cigars and pipes. Um and I did not like it when he would smoke the cigars. I did not like the smell. Uh, but I didn't mind the smell of the pipe. It smells a little bit like cotton candy
0: yeah like i said they like much like hookah tobacco they yeah. usually have some like flavor to their they're juicier
1: but um upon uh the selling of my grandmother's house we moved the pictures and there was a very thick film of smoke yeah damage Blech. anyway
0: um we have another question here uh so this <laughs> this question is from matt How About how long should I smoke a brisket to get a solid bark and a smoke ring, but without drying it out too much? So, Matt, what you want to do, you want to do low and slow, (laughs) and for the first four hours, you're going to leave it uncovered, right? And then after four hours, you're going to wrap it in aluminum foil, right? So that first four hours, you get the bark. The second four hours, you're gonna get the cooking without the drying out, because the foil is gonna keep that liquid from evaporating off. But you know, you can find lots of recipes about it, lots of YouTube videos about it. Um, That's
1: not what this is about.
0: (laughs) I know, but I just knew the answer to it, and I was really excited about it. Um, Now, we got a question from Alice, and a question from uh, Blam Chowder mostly about uh cannabis etiquette specifically Mm -hmm. like smoking um and the thing is is yeah a lot of the times it can be a group activity so as far as uh you know passing uh once again right now in in a pandemic please do not share uh anything like this pipes or bongs or anything um even if you're
1: even a joint yeah because don't
0: it's there's a lot of saliva there um
1: let let me say, we're going to hold on to this. We're going to do a second smoking <gasps> episode because I uh, Alex found that Lizzie Post, Emily Post's great-great-granddaughter, wrote a book on cannabis etiquette. Oh, boy. Okay. So we are going to acquire it. We are going to read it. And we are going to do another episode.
0: Uh, this question is from Gray's. Is there a polite way to deliberately move away from someone that's smoking slash vaping? I have asthma and secondhand smoke makes it hard for me to breathe, but it seems rude to just walk away, especially in conversation. I think once again, I would say, and you have asthma, so please Mm -hmm, expound, mm -hmm. but um, as someone who used to smoke, if I was smoking and someone said to me, oh, uh, excuse me, I would love to continue this conversation with you, but uh, I I can't really deal with the smoke. So uh, while you are smoking, I want to step away. And I will come back, and I would not be offended.
1: Absolutely. By that. So, uh, my my best friend Lisa used to smoke. What? Does she still smoke. I can't remember. But when we were when we were hanging out, if she was smoking, she would go outside, and I would chill in the room. Nobody was mad. It was not a thing. I just didn't want to go outside with her, and then she would come back. Yep, it would be fine. So I, I think as long as it's. Uh, don't just don't make it awkward, right? Don't like stare daggers at someone and like slowly back away, right? You communicate and say, I can't handle the smoke, so I'll be inside and come back and talk when you're done.
0: Yep. Uh this question is from A- at aka Big Scoop. If someone asks someone else for a smoke and they know that person is quitting, how can you politely refuse? Uh, and before I answer that, this, this as someone once again who used to smoke in college. Um, don't if you are bumming enough cigarettes off of people that you are smoking regularly. You need to buy your own cigarettes. Yes. Uh, once again, this is not me encouraging anybody to smoke, but these things cost money there is money spent on them. Uh, it is one thing I would say that in if we're talking about etiquette where you have run out mm-hmm. and you are unable to you know journey to a location to buy more, it is another thing if you are constantly depending on other people to provide things for you. yes um, you need to plan ahead. Now as far as this question goes, I would say, uh, uh, you know, we've talked a lot this episode about it being like personal choice, mm-hmm. and I think that if you know someone is trying to quit and they ask you, I think say like, um, you know, I I am not going to provide you with a cigarette because I know you are trying to quit, uh, and I support that, uh, and and I don't feel comfortable, you know, facilitating. This habit that you're trying to quit anymore. Like, I think that that's I don't think that's rude.
1: Again, it's it's all about the the conversation about the way you approach it. Um, Is it inherently rude to deny someone a cigarette? No, there's always circumstances around this.
0: Yeah. But I mean, once again, you don't have to share anything. You don't have to give anything. You don't have to do anything you're not comfortable with. That's part. That's what etiquette is. Right. Like, right. It's not polite. Politeness isn't doing something you're not comfortable with, right? It's saying what you want in such a way that it is clear and direct without being mean. That's it. Um, so, you know, speaking of saying what you mean, this is the end of the show. <laughs> um, that is going to do it for us. You know, I want to say thank you, as we said to Alex, uh, we could not do it without our researcher, Alex. And thank you to you, the people who support us through Maximum Fun. Uh, without you, we wouldn't be able to, you know, first pay Alex for the amazing work that she does, and you should pay people for their work. Uh, and two, you know, we got two kids, and knowing that you all are out there supporting us makes it a priority for us to make sure we don't miss episodes and to make sure, you know, that that we're here for you. So thank you for that. Uh, speaking of, thank you, Max Fun our podcast home. You can go check out all the other amazing shows on Maximum Fun. Uh, If you are listening to this on Friday or Saturday, the the 20th or the 21st, there is going to be a my Brother My Brother and Me virtual live show tomorrow, the 21st, November 21st at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, tickets are $10. Our opening act is Sawbones. Perhaps you have heard of them. Uh, it's a marital tour of misguided medicine. I think you know it. Uh, and it's, you know, it's going to be a virtual live show. It's going to be a wild, wild time. Everybody agrees. Uh, and you can get those tickets at live.com. the Macroy Dot Family. That's it. Live. Dot the Dot Family. Uh, it's going to be available for 48 hours after the show. So even if you're not able to watch it at 9 p.m. Eastern Time tomorrow, you're still going to be able to check that out. Uh, also, go to com and check out all the other amazing merch. That there's there's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, let's see what else, Teresa.
1: We always thank Brent Bruntalfloss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. You can tweet at us, and these questions were submitted by tweet, at SchmannersCast. Thank you to Bruja Betty Pennant Photography for the cover banner of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners, um, And thank you for everyone who keeps submitting topics. We love getting those idioms. Please keep sending us idioms, keep sending us topics, and you can send those to our email schmannerscast at Uh
0: and that's going to do it for us so join us again next week
1: no RSVP required
0: you've been listening to Schmanners
1: Schmanners Schmanners get it?